so i've been gone for a hot minute <laughs> and i thought um maybe i can uh, well i was supposed to close off the season in a way in a much better way but life happened and then i just disappeared um so we're going to close off the season with this episode and then hopefully we are going to have explained why we have disappeared for like uh, a month i think <laughs> we have had so many mondays go through without any episode out and so i'm even confused at this point but yeah i've got some explaining to do nice okay so um the last time i was here was uh, the great uh okay to be honest i this wasn't supposed to be the last episode i had some few other episodes scheduled some really nice topics as well but then life happened and so i just have to live life and so i've decided to to, while i'm explaining um i have a good reason (laughs) as to where where i have been and what has been happening i decided uh already i have like so many mondays that i haven't had any episode out so let's close um let's close the season and then while we are waiting for life to to settle and everything we can have the other episodes out in the other in the other season but this was not how I expected things to go. Not that I'm disappointed or anything. I know for a fact that life needs to be given an opportunity to life. <laughs> so yeah, that's life and godliness for you. So welcome to life and godliness. I even forgot how I intro this thing. Uh, welcome to life and godliness with Phil. This is your host, Phil Gashau. <laughs> And I'm happy that you're here. So as we are closing off this season, first and foremost, thank you guys so much. Your feedback, your support has been overwhelmingly encouraging. I've really, really appreciated, you know, uh, those messages of love. I've appreciated you guys sharing the posts. Um, You know, I really, really appreciate your feedback. Just hearing that uh, the stories here, the conversations here are life-changing that really blesses me honestly kind of just puts a little pep in my walk because i know that i am really walking and living out the purpose that god um assigned to me you know this is not in vain not to say that if you didn't uh, there were no accolades that i wouldn't still be walking in my purpose it just it's great to know that uh, while i'm walking in it there is a cause there is a there's an effect to the things that I'm putting out, the conversations that I'm having here. Okay, yeah, so great. So where have I been? Since the last time um the episode aired, uh so much happened. I think uh from that the time that it was on Monday when the episode aired, I had recorded it I think uh the previous week or something like that. Um my kids got sick uh so much was was happening at the same time um the nanny that i was having at that time uh she was leaving she had gotten this uh, better great job in dubai and so she was leaving and which she did 
And so we were transitioning to uh, someone else who she had trained. Um, she was kind enough to train someone before she left. Um, but obviously it took a minute or two because uh, she was a really great nanny, especially with the kids. Like she was doing a good job. <laughs> she was doing a good job uh, with the kids. The kids were, were her priority always. Um, and, but nonetheless, she was also very good at multitasking. Uh, I think that's why she's even getting this great job in Dubai, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she deserves the job because she's really good at what, you know, she's, her work ethic was uh, amazing. It It is also sad in hindsight because you lose these great people and then, you know, bad people don't ever want to go. I've had nannies before, like the first ever nanny that I had. Um, man, she didn't want to ever leave the house. Like she didn't want to leave when I, you know, I was letting her go. Um, but I, I really didn't want her. I, re you know, like the bad, it's just like the ones who are not nice. They want to cling to you like a tick. And then the nice ones, they just, you know, they're here for a minute. It's <laughs> so short lived. Ugh life anyway if you're not a parent you probably won't understand what i'm saying or you'll think that <laughs> it's so funny how the internet in, on the internet whenever anyone talks about nannies the immediate thought is to say oh so if they are leaving it's because you're a toxic employer uh to be honest um i pride myself in being a very good employer to the point that i actually think um I get taken advantage of because in my hearts of hearts, I I have grown up with, with house hubs, by the way. Um, my parents were busy people um, with their running a business and also a ministry, and so they needed help at home. Uh, and so I was raised <laughs> with, with house hubs, so there's absolutely no way that I don't know their value <laughs> on this life. Um, yeah, I'm a product of the good work of some people who were able to assist my parents, you know, in raising and keeping the home. Nonetheless, um, yeah, she was good and she left and she left somebody else, but immediately she, she went, the kids got sick. Um, and then of course I was feeling bad about it because I was like, mm, is this a sign? <laughs> God, is this a sign that the one that we currently have is not it? But I didn't have enough time to think because the kids got uh, worse. Yeah, so um, both my sons got pneumonia. And um, my eldest was a bit, was you know, he, he got a few injections here and there. And so as part of his medication, um, the doctor who treated us, however, did not seem to think that my youngest at the moment um needed those injections and so he got worse and the pneumonia was really bad and we had to be um we had to be what is it called <laughs> to be admitted in hospital pretty much one of the most scary thing that things that i've ever had to go through so that when he, he because he had been given medicines when we went to hospital we had been given medicines asha was responding but cj wasn't and so what i had to take him back to hospital to tell the doctor that he's not moving at this point he's not even moving from 
he's not trying to walk around and that's how you know like kids because they're lethargic and they're not moving around they're not trying to play with their toys they're not reaching out for anything they're not trying to eat so that's how you kind of know that this kid is really not responding to the meds and at that time we were taking antibiotics and so i was wondering you know by day two um there should be some improvement because antibiotics with kids they they hit fast right they have a small body okay that's my opinion i feel like they have a small body so <laughs> the medicine goes through the whole body faster but i'm not a medic so i could be wrong so cj is not getting better i took him back to hospital and then they you know uh, did test on him and then bam i got the information from the doctor she was like okay so there's a pediatrician i want to send you to the pediatrician because i want her to confirm my diagnosis and she was like um your son has that she he, he has pneumonia and um i want you to prepare yourself for an, for admission because we can't let him go when he's that way um we have to at least try and uh, and and clear his um his his lungs and everything so of course i started crying at that at in immediately i was in tears because that's the kind of mom i am i i go with my flow and my emotions and i called my husband because he had dropped us at hospital and he had rushed to take care of do some work i called him and i was like they're saying he's being admitted so like the good husband that he is he drops everything i don't even know if he did work <laughs> he drops everything and rushes back to hospital and he's now asking me what's going on and i'm telling him uh luckily before because i was sent to the pediatrician um he made it before i actually entered the pediatrician's um room and so uh, when we went in we went in both of us and she was talking to us and we got a whole you know it was really great uh the advice because i really you know what i really like can i just say this right there just in case anyone here is a medic i love people who do who go above and beyond because this pediatrician she's going off about telling us about nutrition and she's asking about uh, asking us about the other kid obviously like now the firstborn so what does he eat and she's you know i was like okay right now we're in a crisis uh, you know my son is not okay but she was going above and beyond giving me information that i would actually need to make sure that my kids are not ending up in this situation and in this circumstance and i was I, to be honest i was very happy about that um so yeah she checks him uh she also does her you know she checks him and she's like yeah so uh let's just admit him um and try and clear that uh, chest first before we let him go and, and then i obviously because he was not eating or anything it was a risk uh because if he's not eating there's there's no, nothing in his body um so we, he was going to be on iv fluids just to give him some strength and all that because he can be able to really uh even take any antibiotics without any food so we were admitted and all that so from that day i think we were admitted from oh from tuesday or wednesday one of the two all the way to friday and those were pretty much one of the scariest days of my life i don't know if it was tuesday or wednesday could it be is it wednesday yes it's wednesday oh so yeah we were admitted from that day and um uh it was really sad seeing you know he's 10 months old and it was quite sad it was it was tough it was really tough on me um being in that hospital room uh with him because obviously i have to be admitted as well and just he was not moving he was just there lifeless and just 
you know, he was just so weak because he hasn't eaten in days and then he's struggling to breathe. It was so tough seeing him that way. Um, then they're coming and injecting him, you know, trying to put the IV thing. I don't know what they call it. I remember they gave me a name and I forgot that thing where they put the attach to your body so that they can now feed you the IV fluids. I've forgotten the name. It was in our bill, so obviously <laughs> I I went through I can't remember the name. I, I I know the name but I can't remember it. So man they poked him so many times because they can't find uh blood vessels. The way as in every time that kid was screaming, I was just looking at them and wondering how heartless <laughs> or rather how tough hearts they must have to make a small little baby like this scream this much. Anyway, we admitted, of course, um, my, you know, my, we, we inform our loved ones. We inform my, you know, my, our parents, my mom came that day, she prayed over us. And then whew, this day is quite emotional. Um, so what happened on that first day when we were admitted, um, my friends came, man, can I just first say this, um, I am a pastor and I am used to praying over people and their circumstances and covering them with prayers and love and joy. But during this moment, I felt as if in this very hour when my, when my, when my, my child was sick, I felt as if I wanted to, to cry and I wanted people to be around me praying over me not that i i didn't have words to say only that i felt that i needed an amplifier i needed somebody to voice fa the faith that i could not remove from my mouth because at that time only tears were coming out of my every time i would open up my mouth and say dear lord i i would start to, to cry because uh well a child is that that thing it's that thing it you know not to say that you haven't felt pain if you are not a parent, but honestly, being a parent is the most painful ordeal. It's a most it's a it's a it's like an emotional roller coaster, especially when whenever your children are facing pain and all. And so that's the kind of circumstance circumstance that I was in at that moment. So luckily, I had my friends come over, and uh, that um. And, and you know my close friends who I knew were gonna pray that that was their thing at this juncture you're not trying to tell people who are gonna be like sending thoughts and prayers <laughs> no uh you, you you want people who you know these guys are are, are fasting today <laughs> these guys are they're not they're thinking about they're waking up at night for me it's I'm the first person they're thinking about in the morning <laughs> so that's what that's what i was thinking of at that time and so i had my friends um come over uh that was my uh my sister and her fiance they came over actually i didn't ask them to come they came to the, they visited us in hospital they came um my friend also my friend called sylvia she came by and they were they you know i think they just organized themselves and showed up at the hospital i was like wow wow as in it's the effort for me first and foremost and then the fact that they didn't ask you know why they didn't ask i think it's because they knew they knew and you know they came and they were just willing to pray um and, and when they showed up 
I felt so much love and so, you know, taken care of. And so we are in the... I just hope I don't cry. <laughs> um, we were in the general ward, uh, or rather the ward we, are, we were in, we were very many... Um, of course, it's separated, but there's like many kids um, here, there, and there. Um, not many, just like four other kids. Or was it three other kids? Three. No, two other kids. And then, yeah, two other kids. And so I don't know not to say anything bad about this hospital or anything. Um, I just think that they they shouldn't have done. <sighs> I think I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm trying to keep my emotions at bay. <laughs> so this is what happened. Uh, we are in our room, uh, not in our room, but like in our corner. And of course, the curtains are drawn and everything. And we're just, you know, talking and they're encouraging us and asking how he's doing. And, you know, you know, um, of course, they're emotional because uh, he means uh, CJ means something to them. You know, um, they love him. They um, care about him and everything. And so um, because they've been there even for the good times as well. And so while that is happening, we hear <laughs> the ambulance shows up. Or you can hear the, the, the ambulance sound, right? And then you can hear commotion, commotion, commotion. And then... <sighs> so what is happening outside our drawn curtain is this. This is the picture. Let me paint it. A little girl has been brought. It's an emergency. Um, and her mother is screaming at the top of her lungs. I don't know why they chose to use our area as the emergency wing... Yet we are so far away from the emergency place, right? Either one, they didn't think it was an emergency or two, there was some miscommunication. Nonetheless, they brought the baby where other babies were and where other mothers were. And first and foremost, that I didn't appreciate. Nonetheless, there's a baby outside. There's a, the, the doctors, you can hear the commotion of doctors. I don't know if you've ever watched these doctor shows. Um what's this one this famous one I've, i'm even forgetting it i've watched it this one that has 50 seasons <laughs> what is gray's anatomy yes i don't know if you've watched like an episode of gray's anatomy and it's and and the way doctors are just telling each other pass this give me this uh, you know some things so that's what's happening outside right and of course we think it's a baby because we're in the in a, in a ward for babies so when we inside we don't know yet that it's a baby but we, we that's my guess and so obviously we stopped talking when all this commotion is happening we all stopped talking and then we were quiet because we are now listening to what's happening outside and then you know i think doctors are trying the nurses sorry the nurses are trying they're trying to resuscitate the the little girl and then suddenly we hear screams the mother of the baby is screaming and then it's all chaos from here at that point when i heard the screams i screamed you know i'm screaming because i'm like I've, i'm here i'm here i'm here and the first thing i'm thinking is that the spirit of death is in this place because if this lady is screaming my child is right here in this room and so i start praying i started praying and I started praying and I said, I, I just started praying for her. I started praying for that child who I don't know and I've not seen. You see, I'm inside my, my area. I started to pray. And this is why I tell you my friends are vibes. <laughs> I 
my 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 squad is vibes because the minute they saw i was praying and they could see it was not a prayer of you know i was shaking and i was you know fear fearful um they started to pray they joined me in prayer and i'm telling you they went off <laughs> the me let me tell you what is so bad about you know i thank god because they came you know i think and i i never stopped telling them that because if they didn't come and i faced that situation alone i would have probably lost my mind if they didn't come that day and i was praying for, i would i probably i couldn't i could i just don't think i would i would be able i wouldn't be able and so my mom was in the vicinity because uh, she was like oh by the way manuel uh, since i'm here <laughs> let me just go and you, your friends are here let me go to the doctor for a visit so she was somewhere in the vicinity and i wanted my my mom is a reverend um and so she's my spiritual head and so i wanted to run and go call her because i was like i need her prayers as in we need her to pray for that little girl but the more we were staying inside the room the worse we were getting the situation was was outside because now other than the mom crying which we understand as moms we can cry about anything the dad started to to now shout at the nurses so we knew that the little girl was was gone right and so she he was asking questions why would this happen and all this and all this i when now i got to the understanding that the girl is gone i lost i lost it gosh i just have chills i have chills running through my body right now oh so the girl is no more at this point let me tell you my squad has not stopped to pray they have not me i stopped at some point to listen because i'm like god, god and let me tell you these people did not stop praying they did my my people did not stop praying they prayed and it was it was an hour i can bet you we prayed they prayed non-stop they never were stopping to listen i think they were stopping to listen but then they never allowed themselves now me who my child is right here next to the bed whom we are not praying for by the way we are praying for the other one who uh we don't know her case me i have cried i've stopped crying i've stopped praying now i'm crying because i'm thinking why why am i here why now why this moment god please no i'm crying and then i am like in my mind i'm like i have to stand up i have to stand up out of here and i'm going to go to that woman because if she's feeling what i'm feeling and if i'm feeling what i'm feeling and 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 i'm i'm not the mother of that little girl i need to go there i felt like there was nobody around her to comfort her in this moment so i needed to come out guys so i come out i wake up because i was seated the rest of them were standing I, i stand up from the seat i open the curtains and i go out can i tell you that you'd rather see you'd rather see anything else in your life but not a dead baby the sight of that the the, the sight of the girl it broke my heart what even broke my heart father is because in the morning as i have told you we we came for a checkup i came to tell the doctor that cj is not responding to the medicines and the lady who was seated next to me was this lady 
this one who's right now screaming and i saw and i i just i remember when she was right next to me in the line i just kept staring at her baby because my goodness it she was the most gorgeous little girl she had this beautiful curly hair and it was so dark and then she has put this little cute uh, you know uh, like rubber bands you know and and the baby is so light skinned and she's so beautiful she has earrings on and my god yes she was in distress because you could see she was breastfeeding and coming off the breast and then crying and then coming back to the breast there was you could understand that the baby really is sick and everything and the baby was so beautiful and the mom was right next to me and you know us moms we communicate with just eyes we don't need to speak and so we were just smile i was just smiling at her you know reassuring uh, my child at that time had been underdressed and you know he had been removed all his clothes and so he was lying on my on my shoulder and so you know you just give each other the smile for reassurance you know we're gonna be okay you know we're strong and we're gonna you know just a smile and then that's it and then she didn't enter to my the doctor we were waiting for she went to another doctor who became available at the, at that very moment so you know just so to speed up the process and to like you know finish this this uh, uh uh, uh queuing thing quickly so she went and that that was it that's the last time i saw her so now this was morning at around 10 a.m right now it's 7 p.m and she's on the floor screaming and her little girl the one i saw in the morning is being carried by their dad and she's lifeless she's lifeless The thing that was traumatic about a lifeless body is that it's it just moves it it moves you know when you put a baby on your on your shoulder or like you know in a manner to like hug them on your chest they curl up you might not know you might not think that the baby knows how to hold themselves when they are there when they are placed there but they do they they curl up on your body and they take safety in your in your body and they hug you back that little girl that little girl was not doing that on her father's chest and i started to cry i was not <laughs> i was not helping the situation and when i'm standing outside there all i knew to do was pray and i was murmuring my prayer with tears in my eyes and I went to that lady, she was on the floor, and I put my hand on her on her shoulder, and I just continued to pray, and I told her, I'm sorry. And then I continued to pray, and she looked up at me, and I knew she recognized me. She looked up at me, and then she started to cry again. And in my mind, I was like, she, she so she woke up after because i was right there then she woke up so she went away from where i was standing she went straight to where her, her, her husband if i can say so was holding the baby and she took her baby and then because the hospital we were in is a catholic hospital there was a crucifix somewhere on the on the wall um and she takes the baby and she goes there where the crucifix is. And then she's like, my God, my God. And then I could see she didn't know who to pray to, what to pray about. She didn't, she, at that, she didn't know what she was saying. And it broke my heart. It, it broke my heart and I got mad. I got so mad because 
She was looking for hope at a time. She was looking for faith at a time where she had no hope. She this in my mind I was thinking this is not the time to figure out who to pray to. This is the time to know who he is and pray directly to him. Because she was lifting up her baby to the crucifix and in my mind I'm like that's not him. Just speak. Give me a because I I needed her. What I think at that moment I I wanted to tell her, give me a reason to back you up in in praying for this as in not give me a reason but like I wanted to how do I say this I wanted her to say god don't take this baby away so that the prayers that I know cuz my friends were still praying and it was evident they were praying you could hear them they were not shouting or anything they were murmuring but you could hear because everybody else was quiet you could hear that they were praying and we were saying and I wanted what I, I thought when I was going out of that uh, opening the curtain is that she she had a faith she knew God somehow and we would pray for that baby to come back to be honest that was my hope but she didn't have a hope and she just kept saying my god give me strength and in my mind i'm thinking you don't need strength you need this baby to resurrect but then at that moment because i wanted so badly to take the baby from her i don't know where those guts came from because i know i would have been traumatized days after that um uh holding a dead body but i wanted to take the baby from her but you know she you can't do that this is a time for parents they are grieving you you can't overstep grieving is i know a thing or two about grieving and so i was trying my best not to uh, overstep on that and i wanted to pray for that little girl to come back because my friends my family that's what they were doing we were calling her by name which i don't want to mention obviously on on the podcast and we were saying um we were calling her by name and telling her to 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 rise up you know wake up we were telling her to wake up we were telling the little girl to wake up but when i went there i realized i i stared when i saw her lift the baby up to the crucifix not to say anything wrong about catholics by the way i i'm married i'm married into a catholic background so don't get this about don't think i'm bashing catholics or anything but in this moment i knew that she didn't know god she didn't know the god of the resurrection and i had to stop i i had to stop and and change my prayer at that moment because god spoke to me in that hour and told me that the, the little girl doesn't want to come back if the it, because the interaction while i was out there the the interaction between the 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 lady and her her her, her spouse was very hostile they were blaming each other they were shouting at each other they were so they were even when she was taking the baby from him she said give me my baby and then it was all it was very hostile and when i was praying there i, I was pray, still praying while she was lifting the baby to the crucifix i actually that's when i stopped praying about you know telling her to wake up because i was staring at that child in the eyes because <sighs> the story is going sideways before she lifted the baby up to the to the crucifix she came up to me and told me now with the baby she came up to me and said see my baby is opening the eyes 
the baby wasn't opening the eyes it's it's because the eyeballs are moving it, the, because of the lifelessness right and then fluids are coming out then she's like oh my gosh my baby Anna Susu so she it, it's a process of grief and so I'm still at this point I'm still backing her up in prayer silently I'm just staring at her I'm affirming her with a nod on, on my head you know nodding her and I'm still saying wake up wake up wake up you know wake up but then when she lifted the baby up to the crucifix I the Lord spoke to, in that moment in that hour I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that this baby is not going to come back to this she's not coming back because if if she does she might not have another chance to go back to heaven this is her one and only shot you know when you think about it in hindsight when a person gets an opportunity to get to heaven because um they might take that opportunity because coming back to earth and living with parents who are not born again that means that their chance of finding Christ might take a bit longer and that means that their salvation might take longer and that means that if they're to die at that point they may not enter the heaven that they were supposed to that they had a chance to enter and so i felt the holy spirit tell me don't don't ask for her to come back she doesn't want to and i cried the more because i was crying for this couple i cried for them because at the time and the hour in which they needed faith and hope they didn't have it they didn't have it they didn't have a hope at the time faith is needed at the time it's needful it wasn't there they didn't know who to hope in and then she lifts the baby she puts the baby back down from the <clears throat> from the crucifix and she puts the baby on her back and she says ah tunaenda home sasa of course it's a period of grief and me i started to cry because the you know when you carry a baby on the back they sit quite comfy this baby didn't was not even sitting i went back into the car into where my my people were and i sat down and they continued to pray obviously because they hadn't seen what i had seen and they continued to pray and they continued to pray and they continued to pray and they continued to pray, continue to pray. it's it's now hours you know it's been a whole hour we've been praying for this little girl to to wake up and 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 now the lady and the husband they've moved away they've gone you know they are no longer in our room and so the room the place is quiet and everything and so while they were praying and continuing to pray because i had heard the voice of god telling me that the girl has refused to come back um i took my baby and I, and I attempted to feed him because it was it was supper time we had just been brought for our supper like before we had started praying and everything and before this whole emergency thing so i took my baby and i started to feed him i i started to feed him and i just started telling god i want to come out of here with my child i, I kept saying it with every bite i was attempting to feed cj i te- i told him i just want you to help me get out of this place with my child i just want you you know cuz when we got the diagnosis that he has pneumonia and he has to be admitted i i was crying on the on the corridors of the hospital and i was telling god it's okay i'll be admitted i'll do whatever you want but i need you to i need me and my child to come out of this hospital together 
I want us to come out together to go home. And so at this point, I was trying to, I was, I was, I was putting more, I was, I, I was just, I was emphasizing on what I really want from God. I was just telling him, God, you, we have to come out. Mind you, we have just, we have, this is day one of our admission. My friends continue to pray. They never stop. That's my husband, my sister, her fiance, and my friend. Um, my people, they did, my, they did stop. Man, my tribe, they never stopped praying. They were in tears. Every one of them was in tears. I could see they were, te- they were crying because of what they were hearing. But they never stopped praying. They never stopped. And in that moment, while I was feeding my child, I looked up to them and I told myself, I actually said this so <laughs> to God and I was telling him, I think I've made very good and very bad decisions in life, but having these people here, having this man as my husband, having these people, of course, I didn't get to choose my sister. That's, mm, it happened. But, you know, um, having these other people here, I think I have made good choices in life. I have made some good choices. And I know they did not come without grace. And so I was telling God, thank you for these people. Thank you for this lot. Thank you because now I know I have a community. And I've known that I have a community when it was tough and when prayers were needed. Not for me. Prayers were needed for a little girl and her family. And so when, when all that happened, um, when we, you know, my husband closed the word of prayer and we were so traumatized. <laughs> We were so traumatized because I kept texting my friends at night. Uh, because when they left, obviously I have to be left in the hospital with CJ. And I was just telling them, guys, I can't sleep. I just can't sleep. I keep staring at CJ because I just, I, I keep staring at him. I just, I can't take my eyes off of him based off of what has happened today. I am not able to do that. Because uh, all this was happening between 7pm and 8pm. So by the time they were leaving... um. It was 8 p.m. and then I'm, I'm left alone. I'm texting them at around 11 and 12. I'm like, I can't, I can't even fathom. I can't even close my eye because I am so scared. Not that my child is going to go, but I'm so traumatized by what has happened today. I was not even able, able to go and pee because it, the, the, the place where the whole ordeal was happening, the bed in which it was all happening was right next to the you know exit to the washroom <laughs> so i was a bit traumatized by that and then ah oh, oh, my goodness it was it was like the saddest thing to ever experience so yeah um the little girl she she didn't make it she didn't make it and i just kept thinking about that family the whole time i have not stopped thinking about them I've not stopped thinking about that woman and that man because based off of their arguments, um, you can kind of feel like there's a marriage, the marriage is at stake and there was a blame game going on and the, you, there was a bit of negligence here and there um, based off of what we could hear from their conversation. And I, and I was praying for them, not for their marriage necessarily, but for them to find faith. Um, because you need faith. When when things are tough, you don't need to start finding out who God is. You need to already know who he is so that you can be able to, to trust in his power at that moment. 
what they needed at that moment, I guess, was to exercise the resurrecting power of God. Um, but they didn't know him to even know that he can resurrect. Um, I think it's one thing to read your Bible in Sunday school and know that Lazarus was raised from the dead and that Jesus r- rose up after three days. But it's another to really know that God well enough to know that that power works today. So I want to urge you who's listening to me that you need your faith most at the tough times, but it can't work for you at that time if you don't have a good solid foundation in that faith. To pray to God for him to do, you know, James, I think it's James James chapter 1 that says, um, uh, if you those who ask in doubt will not receive anything. At, at, at the moment when we're asking, we're asking because we know that it is possible and we know that the one who we're asking from is the one and the author of all possibilities. And so it's not a matter or a question of if he can or if he's willing, uh, but uh, if we believe. And, and I just, I think... You don't want to find out if you believe. You don't want to find out if you believe. And the whole of that night, I just kept asking myself, um, what would it have been um, for for like my dad? Because I lost my dad a few years back. Uh, obviously, that's a whole podcast waiting to happen. Um, but we never got a chance to pray for him back. Because the the people who he was with on that day would have definitely done that. Um, we never got a chance because by the time he got to hospital, um, it was all said and done. And he was home with his maker. And so I keep, I keep saying to myself, um, I, I, on the days that I need my faith most is the days that are not the smiliest, right? Um, when I when I deal with grief, um, because grief doesn't really leave you, are the days that I need my God the most, and um, I don't feel bad that I don't you know hate him or blame him because I have grief. I love him the more because he's present in my grief. He has shown himself present there um, on the days I have my children. Um, you know, when he's blessing me with children and on the days he's taking my dad away. Um, he's shown himself, you know, on the days that we're having um, celebrations um, and on the days that we're mourning. And so I appreciate him the more because he doesn't hide in tough times. So for you who has not gone through a very tough time, <laughs> like the loss of a loved one, um, and you you haven't put effort in your in your in your relationship with God, I want to urge you to do that. Stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. Stay ready so that when you, God forbid, have a lifeless little girl in your hands, you will not lift them up. To the crucifix you will lift them up to the father in heaven and say like lazarus walk get up you will say just like jesus said to lazarus after four days this has been a minute 
wake up, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have the faith to, to know your God enough, you know, the relationship that you'll have built with him to confidently say that. So, so yeah, that was, I know it's one ordeal that has taken pretty much the whole of this podcast. But after that, we got discharged. My baby made a great recovery and we were able, we were able to make it home. Um, and he's been doing great, actually. <laughs> he's been doing so great. Um, and also, uh, Asha has been doing great as well. But, of course, when I came back home, um, uh, I just had the leading of God to let my current nanny at that time, the one, uh, to let her go. And I have been home ever since. So since that week of being admitted with my son, I have been home ever since. I've not been able to go back to work. Lucky for me, I have great employers <laughs> and I haven't been able to go back to work. Uh, so I've been home. That's why you have not received any new episodes because I have been doing another kind of ministry that is quite tough. I'm currently recording this podcast in the wee hours of the night <laughs> because my children are asleep. And I thought to myself, um, let me just close off the season so that I can stop worrying about that. Um, because, you know, my children, they are a ministry and and they are very important ministry uh they are they are a very important ministry other than the podcast and the standing on pulpits to preach you know um all that is also great ministry but raising these little boys is one of the greatest ministries for me and so i've been focusing on that and that's where i have been i have been mia I've tried the I've tried to be active on social media and everything you know because it kind of gives you a breather just to see stuff uh but I've been so tired by the way by the time you're finishing cooking and cleaning and putting kids for naps and waking them up for naps doing laundry uh you're extremely exhausted nonetheless my husband has been the real MVP during this season because we have been doing a great job uh together partnering um raising these kids and keeping our home sane uh it's been really nice um yeah it's been really nice uh having him you know uh partner with me on this stuff uh because obviously i would have lost my mind already when <laughs> with, with two kids man yeah so that's where i have been um it's all good reason and it's nothing sad nothing frustrating I'm just happy because I have gotten to spend more time, spent, you know, it's been a whole month. Uh, I've been able to spend a whole month with my sons, especially CJ, because I raised, I kind of raised Asha on my own. I stayed home until he was 15 months. With CJ, I was out of the door by three months. I think at two and a half months, I was back to work, you know, grinding. We have to get these <laughs> things back, uh, back on the road. And so I, I've, I've enjoyed being able to just see his little growths and then in the last two weeks you know he's teething he has two more teeth coming out he already has four so he should be having six in a few you know in a few days it's been nice seeing him attempt to you know to walk around it's been really nice uh hanging out with him uh, and seeing some of the milestones that i have been missing um while i'm at work Nonetheless, I do hope that this story that I have shared and the encounter that we had at the hospital has put something in your heart, not to really scare you or anything, but to really motivate you to do something about your relationship with your maker, because you don't know when you will need a maker, a creator, a healer, you know, 
you don't know when you will need him. You don't know when the doctors, you know, can't do anything. You don't know when the millions in your account can't do anything. And because you don't know, I just, I want to urge you to know your maker. I want to urge you to search, search, search for your faith, search for the creator and, 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 and get to know him and understand him so that when the time comes, you will know what it is that he can and what he can't do. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy you you were here all season. Really sad that we had to end the season with um a bit of a sad story. Nonetheless, my boys are, are well. So it's also like, you know, a praise report uh, and a testimony at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, thank you for being here. A whole season has passed. I promise you, the next seasons, um, I have so, and the conversations are really exciting and, yeah, life and godliness. So, I hope, I hope I'm going to see you here next season. I hope we're going to have a great time together and um, I do pray and hope that above all else, you will find God in this podcast. There's so many things that you can find. You can see, feel, and her family, and her life, and all this stuff. But I really do pray that above everything else, you will find God. And you will desire God and just all the great things about him. Thank you for being here. I love you. Bye.